it's really easy to listen to this parent and think, wow, this person is spiritually a captive. That's how I view this person in my judgment. It's super easy to watch this and go, that parent should not have those kids. And frankly, that is my opinion for sure. It's easy to listen to this and say, wow, that's a very, very confused individual. That is my assessment as well. And then it's easy to say, but, you know, that's just a confused person. That's just a confused person. What you're going to hear is being taught in sermons. And forgive me for saying this, but you're about to encounter a sermon about the Lord Jesus being transgender. Now, there's no such thing as being transgender, and certainly the Lord Jesus was not. But I will need to get in some some, some specifics, including how his archbishop came along and said, yeah, it's a good sermon. So some solid work. So here's this parents. I know you know nothing about genderless parenting, but uh, that's literally the whole point is they get to pick. Um, That's why we use all pronouns instead of just neutral pronouns so they can experience all pronouns and how it makes them feel. So that when they get to the age, like around three, they can tell me what they prefer. I have a four-year-old. I have done this with more than just one child. He is fine. They're not going to get bullied because they'll know before they go to school. That's literally the whole point, is they get to pick. And it's not really like a pick because it's who they are not a choice or a decision it's who they are it's not a choice or a decision it's who they are at three when they're also cats and dogs uh that brings to mind this sermon this archbishop and a family who was obsessed with elvis presley and john wayne and it all ties together Thank you for my friends at HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Promo code Todd, you get 20% off vitamins that your body actually absorbs. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And man, do I pray for those kids. Reminds me of a family I met through my father. My dad, because of his, his job, he's a social worker. He met some fascinating people. I guess we all do. And my dad met a family who we also had a connection with through um, through car racing. And just did some social work with them. It wasn't, I don't know that it was a catastrophic thing. I think it was just helping. But my father never put a barrier up between he and his clients. He never saw himself as different from his clients. Because my dad, my dad believed he was a broken dude. 
And in many ways, my dad was really a broken dude, but not when it came at work. At work, my dad was locked and loaded and just put a premium on always, always being there. So consequently, he would develop friendships uh, and stay in touch with his clients and not just turn it off, which may have contributed to uh, some, some psychic load on my dad's mind. Because even when he wasn't getting paid to do that, they could call him for help. And um, I got to know this family a little bit because there was a way I could help them. My dad asked me to, and so I did. And I learned, I learned from their daughter about something that could be seen as really comical. And, and thanks be to God, she, she grew to see it as comical. But it's also super instructive particularly as we take a bridge from that very, in my judgment, utterly confused, detrimental um, child of a parent who is raising kids who have no idea what reality is, um, to bridge over into this sermon that's been developed, been defended by an archbishop introducing the so-called transgender Jesus. And wait till you hear the reasoning, so-called. But this family became obsessed with, well, I don't know that they became, at one point they did, but when the, the daughter was born, they were fully obsessed by John Wayne and Elvis Presley. And their houses, their house was occupied with Presley music. That was what played. John Wayne movies, that's what played with posters and books. And I even think there was a record where, um, where John Wayne decided to sing. Uh, and if it existed and it had his name on it, uh, they had it for sure. And so this little girl was brought up with Elvis and with John Wayne. And she grew to love Elvis and John Wayne the same way you or I might grow to love the things of our parents when we're young. Like I loved Little House on the Prairie because my dad did and and the Waltons because my dad did. Or this. There are friends of mine who've grown to love Bonefrog Coffee, bonefrog.us. Wow, I'm just looking at the website, and they have my picture up there. Hey, that's the interview with me and Tim. That's cool. Um, That's been replaced. So we built a website together, my team and Tim's team. It's bonefrog.us, bonefrog.us. And this is the coffee you've heard about on the show. And I'm I'm, I'm issuing sort of a challenge. Uh, I would love to have Tim have a just blowout Christmas season. And we want to do this for a lot of our partners. And the reason I'm doing it, concentrating so much with Tim, is because I feel like he's just about to break through. And I know he's doing some TV ad campaigns, and that's going well. So here's the challenge. If you want to back this 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL who didn't just slap a label on something, didn't just go out and private label some junk coffee and put a cool label on it, he actually recruited one of the best, most legendary coffee brewers in history, Dave Stewart, who makes blends for him and mentors him. In other words, he put the focus on the product. You can learn about this at bonefrog.us. The product being all sorts of roasts, from the Zen roast, which is light, to the dark roast, to the medium, to K-cup and espresso, all the delivery methods delivered to you. And if you want to put your money with a coffee company that's not going to run away from controversy like you know who did, God Country Team's not coming off the bags. That is not negotiable at bonefrog.us. And if you want 10% of the proceeds to go to the families of fallen Navy SEALs, that's Bonefrog. 
And when you go to bonefrog.us, you get 5% off your subscription plan. So if you've tried the coffee and you've loved it and you've not yet subscribed, give yourself a Christmas gift. Subscribe. If you've got friends of yours that serve, particularly in the teams, make sure that they know about bonefrog.us and give them some coffee. And if you're already subscribed and if you've got friends who haven't yet tried it, how about going and going one better? Get them a subscription at bonefrog.us or some merch. When you use that website, Tim and I know that we're keeping each other square in the deals. Bonefrog.us. So this family, this 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 girl grew up in this uh, home with Elvis and with um, with with uh, uh, John Wayne. And one day she went to school, and the teacher gave her an assignment: Who is your favorite singer of today? Who's who do you think is great music? Who do you want to go see in concert and why? It's a cool assignment. It was a music class. And so she went home so excited and she sat down and she did her homework and she talked about why Elvis Presley and what made him great. And she knew Elvis inside and out. Oh, he wrote some songs. Elvis didn't just sing other people's songs. He wrote some songs and, oh, he was creative in how he presented some of these songs. And, oh, yeah, in fact, Elvis reached back and, and when he made some money and, and got famous and some of the black artists he worked with hadn't, Elvis reached back and, and, and lent a helping hand to try to bring people along in that. And, and Elvis loved his little girl and, and it's so bad that their, their family broke up, and, but that was not Elvis's fault and... And she took in some favorite songs and she took in collections of Elvis music and, and she was going in prepared even to sing an Elvis song or two. And, and she walked in and, and everybody was doing their presentations and she stood up and she took her stuff up there and she said, my favorite artist of today is Elvis Presley. And first there was shock and then nervous laughter and then brutal laughter. And she was shaken. And she was obviously in tears. And the teacher, bless the teacher, you know, stepped in and tried to stop this, but did correct her. And said, honey, the assignment was for artists who are alive today. And she said, What? Honey, Elvis is dead. He is not. He is not. And she took her Elvis memorabilia and she ran out of the room. Her parents had crafted a reality. Now, they never sat down and said, Elvis is still alive. But they never said he's dead. They never said that, that John Wayne was dead. They built this reality. And here's this parent building a reality. And that reality will crash. Because those kids are at one point, their hormones are going to change unless, God forbid, she gets them shot up. Shot up with wrong sex hormones and operated on, then only God can save them at that point. But at some point, her girls' bodies are going to say, we want kids. We want to bear children. And at some point, they're going to be confronted with 
what mom or dad or whatever that person is constructed as fake. And that brings me to what's happening in the American church and, well, and and the English church and the global church. And it's the same thing that's happening in our society. And it is this magic word. The magic word is transgender. There's a reason I've started talking about this a decade ago. It's frankly because God allowed me to see this thing coming for what it was, which was an absolute, complete destruction of truth and a breaking of brains. And now we have a Cambridge dean who's defending a sermon about, and and Lord forgive me, ready for this? Jesus is, quote, trans body, quote, vaginal side wound. Truly, this is what this guy said about the Lord Jesus, the University of Cambridge in the UK. Dr. Minor, Dr. Uh, Michael Banner, the dean of the Trinity College, said Joshua Heath raised legitimate speculation in his evening song sermon during which the researcher claimed from the pulpit of Trinity College the Trinity College Chapel, that non-erotic portrayals of Jesus's penis in historical paintings urge a welcoming rather than hostile response towards the raised voices of trans people. This is from Fox News, by the way. So non-erotic paintings where the Lord Jesus is naked and as a man with a male body has a penis, that raises the voices of people who've been conned into believing they're trans. How? How? Is this heresy? Yes. Is it sacrilege? Yes. Is it a lie? Yes. And there are people who are trying to thread the needle to say, well, this wasn't a sermon. Yes, it was. Well, he's a researcher. He's speaking at the pulpit of a church. He's speaking under the assumed authority of the pulpit and from, um, and from behind the assumed authority of the pulpit. And this is some of what he said. In Christ's simultaneously masculine and feminine body in these works, if the body of Christ as these works suggests the body of all bodies, then his body is also the trans body. No, it's not. There is not an instance in the Bible anywhere where the Lord Jesus is referred to in any way other than masculine. And the body of all bodies, and the ignorance here, could it truly be this ignorant? Could a researcher actually be so ignorant as to not recognize the body of Christ as a metaphor for all of us who are Christian that we join in the body of Christ? That in his suffering, we have our suffering, his being more, you know, worse than anything we could imagine. But we are honored when we get to join in some suffering because our Lord Jesus suffered. This guy has a doctorate in theology and was supervised by former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who also claimed that in one of the medieval paintings uh, he displayed to the congregation, the spear wound in Jesus' side takes on a decidedly vaginal appearance. In another, he pointed out how the blood from his side flows to his groin. 
to, to, to see that in the painting of the Lord Jesus who died for your sins, there's there, to, to, to see that, you have to want to see that. You have to want to communicate this. You have to want to seize reality for yourself. You have to want to destroy in people's minds who the Lord Jesus was. He was a male baby who grew into a young boy who grew into what we decided to call a teen boy and then a young man and was very much a man and God one and the same all at the same time Heath's homily during the traditional uh, Anglican service left many in attendance, including children, visibly uncomfortable, according to an anonymous, anonymous congregant who fired off a complaint letter to Banner. Shouts of heresy reportedly rang out in the church as incensed worshipers left in disgust. Well, why wouldn't they leave in disgust? Rowan Williams, the former archbishop, had supervised this guy's work. For myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. Whether or not you or I or anyone else disagrees with the interpretation says something else about the artistic tradition or resists the application to contemporary questions on transsexualism. This is the guy who runs this, this chapel. The dean added that he would not issue an invitation to someone who I thought would deliberately seek to shock or offend the congregation or could be expected to speak against the Christian faith. And yet he spoke against the Christian faith. If the Lord Jesus had wished to come and appear as a neutered, gender neutral being, he would have done that. He wouldn't have communicated himself as a man. He wouldn't have taken on a man's sense. The Bible would have written about this. Furthermore, he is the same God. The same exact God who created man and woman in his image. Man and woman. He's the same Lord. His words are not going to change. You can continue to try to make them change, and they're not going to. The meaning of the words are not going to change. You can continue to try to make them change, and they're not going to. You can continue to try to distort and to discourage, and you're not going to change the words of the Lord Jesus. You're not going to change the meaning of this. But to see this happen in churches around the country, I've played the clips of the prayer, the pronoun prayer to the God of pronouns, to the transgender God. You can have a God who transcends gender. You can have a God and our God does transcend us to always be and forever be to be the alpha and omega. It means that you transcend time. That means that you transcend gravity. Any of all of the things that constrain us, the Lord transcends. And yet, in all but a few occasions, the Lord God was also referred to in masculine tense. And in the few occasions where it spoke of a feminine quality, it was speaking of something traditionally connected to femininity, not changing the affirmative and solid Grounding in the fact that the Lord is called the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
And none of this is to be confused with disrespect for women. None of it is to be conflated in that way. Because that's the other thing that these people are trying to do, and it is so utterly sickening. And it's happening at the same time as great big brands have somehow decided that pedophilia is now the next thing in their ad campaign. It was trans and kids. Now it's pedophilia in ad campaigns. And by the way, it's not isolated. It's not an isolated thing to this this company in um, this Italy. So we'll talk about that as well. When I uh, set out all those years ago to lose 150 pounds of unwanted fat, well, number one, I didn't know that's how much I needed to lose. I was guessing it was like that, but I didn't know about visceral fat. I didn't know about the fat that lives inside your body. I was mostly concerned about the fat I could see. And then when I grew to understood what visceral fat does and can do, that it is the stuff of disease. And when I learned that to lose that is the first step towards becoming a fat burning machine. Well, that changed everything for me. And then when I saw a picture of what I could look like, like without the fat and without the visceral fat, that was a selling point. But then when I really started to think about for me, what did it mean for me? You know what? It meant that despite being super strong, I couldn't do pull-ups. I know that sounds completely fanciful and silly and little boy-like, but I wanted to be able to do a bunch of pull-ups. Well, funny thing about losing 150 pounds of unwanted fat, pull-ups are a little bit easier. Sore push-ups and running and jumping and so much more, which is really where my joy factor is, honestly. Like, I love the ministry. I love working with people. I love being blessed to be there as God changes people's lives and to have God work through me. I love that so very much. And in serving myself, like when I do, for me, it's being able to move well and to be amongst people who like to move well. So what is it for you? Like, if you're like me and you've got 150 pounds or 50 or even 60, depending on your body size, what is it presenting you, preventing you from doing? And you know in your heart because it's the things that you want to do. And it might be something as simple as not shutting your eyes when you see a mirror. And don't lie to me. I did it too. I hated walking through stores like Nordstrom because there were mirrors everywhere. Sometimes I hated gyms because there were mirrors everywhere. So what is it for you? What's it going to be like when you go to sodaweightloss.com and that fat is gone? How's your life going to change? What are you going to do differently when you keep that off? Like I have the 150 pounds for about eight years, nine years. What's that going to feel like? When that's all gone, what are the things you're going to start doing? How's it going to feel? What will it be like to sleep without snoring? Because that's what happened to me. Snoring was gone. What will it be like to be able to smell again? Because Or to have the sense of smell. That's what happened to me. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art. It's soda, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. The, um, the, 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 the full tragedy of what we're witnessing in the church is that it is not being confronted by the church. The church body needs to go to the Archbishop of Canterbury. It needs to go to, to, to Rowan Williams it needs to go to this church and I understand it's Anglican, but it needs to go and say, you are outside the body of Christ. You have left the body of Christ. 
When you begin to issue this sort of heresy and sacrilegious statements about the Lord, that's not a vagina in his side and it's not a vaginal wound. And by the way, how ridiculously offensive is that to women? You know what your body looks like? It looks like it got stabbed with a spear. This is reductionism and it is what these people practice. And there's a shift coming and we've I've tried to make this clear. And I have friends of mine who say, man, I'm sorry, I love you and I love the cast, but when you start talking about the so-called trans stuff, I got to skip. I'm begging you not to. There's a reason that five or six years ago, I started to talk about the connection between men who were truly and deeply and sadly and sickly perverted and transgenderism, so-called transgenderism, because the nexus is right there. The same people who thought it was great medical research to take kids and place them in the homes of pedophiles for so-called medical research and to take copious notes on what these men did to the bodies of these children, including using stopwatches, etc. Because the bodies of the children were the playthings of these men, why would they not then create permanent children? Why would they then not create something, neither man nor woman, that they could play in both ways? And and why would they not? See, when there is nothing is when nothing is forbidden, all is allowed, and we're watching this in Australia. The party intends to use the mature minor law. This exists in the United States. There are many states where a kid can go to court and and sometimes they get help by people who want to break up families and say, I'm a mature minor. Therefore, I should be able to do my own thing because I'm a mature minor. I shouldn't be, um, you know, I shouldn't be required to live with my parents. I shouldn't be required to do what they say. I shouldn't be required to do these things. And there's kids who win those cases. And sometimes I guess there are kids who've reached a level of maturity that, okay, when you can do these things. But in the country of Australia, they intend to use the mature minor doctrine to let kids go out and get wrong sex hormones and wrong sex surgery against the wishes of the parents. There may be circumstances in which students wish to or need to undertake so-called gender transition without the consent of their parents and or carers. They call it carers. And or without consulting medical practitioners. And or without consulting medical practitioners. If no agreement can be reached between the student and the parents regarding the student's so-called gender identity, if the parents will not consent to the contents uh, of a student's support plan, it will be necessary for the school to consider whether the student is a mature minor. If a student is considered a mature minor, they can make decisions for themselves without parental consent and should be affirmed in their so-called gender identity at school without a family representation or caregiver participating in formulating the school management plan. Boom, the kid is seized. And we go back to Elvis Presley and John Wayne and back to that very confused, sadly, in my judgment, spiritually captured young parent. You go right back. Now, do you see why I said at the beginning of the show, it's very easy to look at that and say that's very isolated. No, it's not, because it's in the churches, so-called churches. It's in the schools, and they're turning the corner. And the corner is this. If a kid is mature enough to consent to have their body chemically and surgically mutilated so as to pretend to be the opposite sex, 
Why would that person then not be mature enough to engage in sexual activity with other human beings, adults or not? Because after all, they're mature minors. And what was it that the Lord Jesus said about millstones and being tossed into the ocean? And yes, if you're taking kids and turning them into the sex objects of adults, yes, those kids are being victimized. I would choose to believe that the Lord would look at that and go at the adults and say, you, you are the perpetrator. The millstone is going around your neck because you've caused these kids to sin against me. I would choose to believe the Lord would look at that and say, hey, this, these kids are victims. And guess what? Those kids will grow up into adults who have no grasp on what healthy sexuality means, who have no grasp on what limits or, 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 or borders in relationships means. Or having secure, good limits on how they interact with people or what could, should be done with their bodies or not done. What's good for them physically, psychologically, biologically. They won't have any of that because it's all been locked out. So they won't have what therapists would call healthy boundaries. Not physical, not psychological boundaries, not biological boundaries because they've never had any. Boundaries are not in them. Just like Elvis was alive and John Wayne was alive. Just like these kids have no grasp on who they are. The boundaries are gone. Those kids turn into be ultra sexual or ultra promiscuous. And now they live in, in, in opposition to the Lord. And it charted with the turning the corner into the mature minor meme. I hope the connection is clear. I hope we can see the fallen nature of all of this. So now we get to a fashion company. Now, I don't know a thing about fashion. I am the least fashionable person you will ever meet. I get new jeans about once every three years uh, for Christmas. I ask my wife to buy them. I I don't buy them for myself. The, The pants I'm wearing today... These are the pants I got after I lost uh, 100 and, no, 95 pounds. When I lost my last big bit of fat, my wife got me these. They're canvas, and so I actually wear them sometimes to make sure that the fat has not come back. But this has been, these are eight-year-old pants. I have no idea about fashion, but I know about this company now because I've been forced to know about this company, though I wish I didn't. They're Italian, and I hope I get the name right. Balenciaga. They've apologized for a, quote, disgusting campaign featuring child abuse documents on display. Uh, If you've not seen these images, they are, in fact, very disturbing and very, very, very purposeful. So what's uh, Balenciaga? What they've decided to do is to fire or to, to throw under the bus... Balenciaga has decided to throw under the bus the photog, the photographer. Now, I don't know a thing about the fashion world, but I know this. Photographers usually in a setting like that for a company like that, those photographers don't come and set that scene. Those photographers are there to get great lighting, 
to get it exactly as the creative director wants it and then to to take a whole bunch of photos and to work with the creative director to make sure that the lighting and the angle is right. The setup, the set, that's not done by the photographers. And in fact, this is now, I think, learning to be the case that there are some people behind the scenes who have a completely troubled background up to and including having a relationship with a pedophile, up to and including having Instagram accounts that feature kids whose hands are tied behind their back and they're tied to a wall or kids who are in poses that are obviously sexual or, 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 or images of, of, of sexual worship of Satan. This is in their Instagram accounts. And I know, I know, oh, they're just goth. Do you think Satan cares that they're just goth? Do you think Satan cares that they think that they're just having fun with imagery or they just like dark things? Do you think he really cares? Now, the company, Balenciaga, has not, at this point, as I'm recording this, has not gone to the designer of this campaign. One of those designers is named, or called, uh, Lada Volkava. She's a top designer for both uh, Balenciaga and Adidas. Wasn't it? Uh, nah, I better not say that. So here's a picture of her. She is dressed in devil red <laughs> with devil red hair, and she's holding two babies dyed blood red. Oh, and her hands are bloody. See, this isn't play stuff for the devil. And this is in the world of fashion, and it's embedded in the world of fashion. Now, again, I don't know anything about the world of fashion, but I know where to reach out. And when I saw these photos and I saw that the, the in, in this one photo, there's a little boy and he is next to a, a BSDM bear. What do I mean? The bear has a, a noose around its neck. It's got the signs of being beaten up, which is a pedophile thing. And there's dates on the wall that tie back to dates of pedophiles being let out of jail or arrested or, or there's a famous kidnapping of a kid who is then abused sexually, that's on the wall. In another one of the photo shoots, there was a court, there was a, if you look at the document, it was a court ruling that said that fake child porn is not a crime. When you're using fake images of children being raped, that's not a crime. That's in a shoot with a child. And so what I did in the show prep is I said, okay, who would write about this? And there's a site that I use called Spiked Online, spiked-online.com. And you won't believe how much of this stuff is going on. But remember from that parent that, in my judgment, sadly confused spiritual captive who's sadly confusing those kids to the example of my friend, John Wayne and and Elvis Presley to the sacrilegious, horrific. Oh, it's not quite a sermon because he's a researcher in a church to the mature minors to this. Man, it, it's, it's, it's so refreshing, honestly, to take a break from that stuff sometimes. And I, I do have friends say, you know, sometimes the casket's a little heavy. It does. It does. And I'm really appreciative of a lot of things about our partners, and particularly when I get to issues of free speech. Hey, one of the things I know <laughs> is that um, while we, we you know, if, if we do a good job of selling product 
for Mike Lindell at MyPillow, he's with us in the free speech side. I know that. And I don't have to worry about MyPillow coming along and saying, well, you kind of went overboard on that, on that topic. I mean, just clearly, if I became some kind of, you know, knuckle-dragging, thumb-sucking, basement-delling, white supremacist, supremacist weirdo or black supremacist, I think Mike would drop us. But on issues related to the Word of God, I feel really secure. And I also like the fact that he knows what it is to be in the struggle. Like, I mean, he's being hit in ways I've never been. God willing, I never will be, but he keeps battling. Like, one of the things that's most important that the, the Lord gives us is resilience, and that's Mike Lindell. So I've been using his towel set. Okay, this is a six-piece towel set. Number one, it's made here in the United States. It's in Minnesota, not Michigan. I deeply apologize for thinking it was Michigan. And by the way, on the observancy side, <laughs> I let a friend try it. I know that's weird. I let a friend try a towel to touch it. He didn't get to dry himself off because I'm not gross, but he agrees it's a pretty uh, pretty observable, uh, observant towel. I know it is. They come in a variety of colors. Then each set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, a washcloth, and a two-pack. Do this. You can order my pillow products before December 25th, and that 60-day money-back guarantee gets extended all the way through March 1, 2023. So you can take the same thing I do after the shower, these luxurious towels. You can wrap yourself in that. The normal price is $89.98, now only $39.98. That should be illegal, that kind of savings. Mike's gone crazy. Well, that's a used car thing, but it is pretty weird. 50% off, are you kidding me? MyPillow.com slash Herman and use promo code Herman. There you'll find deep discounts on all MyPillow products. Get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman. <laughs> you remember any of those used car things? <laughs> there was, oh, now what was it? Oh, I'm getting distracted. Do you guys remember Trunk Monkey? Have you ever seen Trunk Monkey? It's genius. Utter genius. I have to, okay, I, I'm, I'm making myself a note. Talk about Trunk Monkey. So when, when I went down and said, I don't know a thing about fashion, where could I read about this? I went to spikedonline.com. Uh, There's a guy there named Brendan O'Neill, and he's British, therefore he knows about fashion. He's their chief political writer. He writes, the fashion world is not especially known for its morals, and yet even by fashion standards, this week BDSM bear controversy has been a weird one. The esteemed celeb love Spanish, oh, sorry, it's not Italian, Spanish fashion house Belenciaga has been slammed for putting out images of young kids holding teddy bears wearing kinky bondage gear. The odd pictures feature in the Christmas advertising campaign. This is for the celebration of the Lord Jesus' birth. Kink teddy bears. They show sad-eyed toddlers holding teddies that are dolled up in finish fishnet tops, lock and key collars, and wrist restraints. Normally, you'd have to go to some dingy club on a dark street in Soho to see get-ups like that. Now, Balenciaga is putting in on fluffy bears and giving those bears to actual children. They want to send kink bears to kids. In another of the images, the child is holding an X-rated teddy bear while standing on a bed. In another, the child's lying face down on a couch looking miserable, surrounded by wine glasses and with two of the weird bears popped up behind her. One of the bears to be in, appears to be in kind of a leather harness, the sort you'd see at a BDSM party. It gets worse. 
Another photo features a handbag on a pile of documents. Seems innocent. It's a nice bag. Only internet sleuths have zoomed in and discovered this is what I talked about. One of the documents is a printout of something to do with Ashcroft versus free speech coalition. Coalition. This is the Supreme Court ruling that struck down a section of the Child Pornography Prevention Act and ruled that fake child porn is protected by speech. Wow. They write at Spiked Online. This needs an explanation, surely. It cannot be coincidence that an ad campaign with very young children holding sex teddies also makes a sly reference to a court ruling that said that not all sexualized depictions of children should be illegal. Someone involved in this... Whether someone at Balenciaga or someone in the set designer or photography team at hired in the campaign knew what they were doing here. It's hard to know what's worse. <clears throat> that it took someone to be a fun, uh, someone <clears throat> would be fun to put dejected looking kids alongside bears that looked like they've been smuggled out of a queer kink <clears throat> in dungeon in West Hollywood or one or no one at Balenciaga thought, <clears throat> wow, this is a little odd. In another way, he writes, though, it makes sense. It makes messed up sense that no one in the fashion chain of command stopped to wonder that this might be a bit strange. Because the sad fact is that pedo chic is everywhere right now. Pedo chic is one of the most worrying trends of our time. We seem to be witnessing a surge in pedophilic sensibility. We're not witnessing it, Brendan. It's being shoved down people's throats. He writes, we've seen the rise of child drag queens. They saunter and they slay the run. They slay the runway and they look fierce, says mainstream media outlets about these young children who adopt the exaggerated sass of adult drag performers. We've seen kids attending not only drag queen story hour at which one odd, but not the end of the world, but also blatantly sexual drag performances. And who can forget the family sex show? You remember this? Those words, three words that do not belong together, that was due to take place at Norwich earlier this year, this is literally taking toddlers to watch porn with their parents. These are the same groups, incidentally, that suggested that parents bring their kids into the room to watch the the parents have sex. Same groups. You don't have to be Mary Whitehouse to find this disturbing. To be worried that Pop, always loved by the young, has been pornified with kids singing along to lyrics like Chains and Whips Excite Me, Thanks, Rihanna, or the dreaded WAP, W-A-P, to be worried that so many American school teachers seem hell-bent on teaching their their charges, that there are hundreds of genders and you can be any one of them you want, or to be worried about reports about a male Canadian school teacher wearing size Z fake breasts in school and odd books that contain info about sex orgies and sex apps. And he goes on to talk about the tracking of minor attracted persons and the mainstreaming of that. And the fashion world loves it. And Hollywood loves it. And the party pushes it or ignores it. And the church is infected with it. So you go again now to this, in my judgment, deeply, deeply confused parents genderless parenting but uh that's literally the whole point is they get to pick um that's why we use all pronouns instead of just neutral pronouns my judgment deeply ill in my judgment a spiritual captive and in my judgment the logical outcome the logical outcome of a drive like this and so what do we do If you work in a church, there is no room for this. There is a 
easy line. Care, but do not validate. Love, but do not agree. You have people come into your church and they're gender confused or they are same-sex attracted. Far be it for me to give advice to pastors. But I think it starts with, we love you. The Lord Jesus loves you. All of us experience sin challenges. Here are some of mine. These are the sins I struggle with. Some of them I've gotten better at. Some of them, there's still a struggle for me. And you take that vulnerability and you bring it to the table. And you say, these are how my sins make me feel. And when I, if, I, if I slip and I engage in them, this is how they feel good until I, I catch myself and the Lord catches me. How about you? But never validate. If there's signs, if there's discussions going on at your churches about this stuff, about how can we possibly bring people into the pews when our opinions are unpopular in the world, then please, please, I beg you to say to your colleagues in the church environment, please point out to me where the Lord Jesus cared about popularity. When the Lord Jesus introduced the topic of drinking his blood and eating his body, he lost a bunch of people and he turned to his core apostles and said, are you going to leave too? And to paraphrase the Apostle Peter, he said, Lord, you have the words of life. Where else would we go? If you have confused people like this in your midst, do not let your children be exposed to them. I beg you. It's not to be cruel. God forbid it's another splitting of the family. Well, let me say it this way. If they're family and they must be exposed to your children, then you say to them, you are not to bring this into my home. I beg you, because if you do, I cannot have you in my home. And I want you here because I love you. And I care for you. I do not care for this disorder. I cannot have my kids around it. And again, I'm going to beg you. Know exactly what your kids are watching. I'm going to beg you. To yes, spy on your kid's phone. Yes, I'm begging you to do that. And if the parents won't, grandparents, maybe you will. Because this stuff lurks. And it's gotten past the lurking stage, hasn't it? It's at the pulpit stage, isn't it? Well, what we know about the enemy is that he gets great thrill out of thinking he's mocking God. Well, he may think he's mocking God, but God sees it all coming. He warned us all about it. Maybe we can count on Mitch McConnell. Oh, that's right. It's a social issue. Never mind. My bad. What we count on is the word of God and coming together as the body of Christ. This is Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And yes, yes, make every effort to be right with God.